Tim, I got to start this episode off, man. I got to say, it's really good to see you. Yeah. Hope you're doing yeah. well. And nice. I have I have a little apology. Oh, okay. I've, I've been doing a lot of talking, a lot of speculating about the quality of the great state of Connecticut. Mm. Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I hate driving through it. It's just, it's terrible. Maybe and I was up uh, in Connecticut a couple weekends ago. Shout out to Jamie. Awesome bachelor party thrown on by Mr. Taylor Black and uh, Mohegan Sun golfed, had a lot of beers, had a lot of beers, a lot of beers, drank a lot more beers. Then I happened to stop by a particular place on the way back, got some goodies. You and I will be jumping into that in the future. And, you know, maybe it's because I didn't go all the way through Connecticut, but I have to say, I don't hate Connecticut anymore. I just strongly dislike parts of it. No, 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 don't be, don't be getting, don't be getting to my mentions now. I'm not, I'm not moving there by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as bad as I'm ready out to be before. So I would just like to just start off the episode and just Sorry. apologize to Connecticut for dragging it through the fucking mud. Um, did you, uh, did you guys get to golf out that way? We did. Yeah. We, we, we played in Mohegan. I actually wasn't that bad. I, I, I kept the, the, the same ball for the first six holes. Was it Lake of, was it Lake of Isles or is, it, or is that Foxwoods? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Ah, no. right. It was a phenomenal course, yeah. and it wraps around a lake. I don't know if that rings a bell. Uh, to be honest, I was just trying to keep up. Right, that whole crew was like, they, they, they actually, they really golfed. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, Sam, you golf? I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I golf. Yeah, yeah. No, not really. <laughs> We're like going to warm up like before, like we hop on the, <clears throat> up on the course for our tea time. And I was just like, oh, boy. There's like a sign that says like, please don't use a club that will, you know, hit further than 250. And everyone else got their irons out. I got my driver. They're like, yo, I'm like, don't worry. It, it, there's no chance in hell. <laughs> wow. We got to work on that. Not at all. Have you ever had your, uh, you got to have them sized because, uh, you know, you may not yeah. be doing yourself a, uh, a good service there or helping yourself out. So. Yeah, and then, and then shout out to my wife for my birthday. I just had a re- I had a birthday recently. I'm now 35, so I'm almost as old as you, about half as old as you, but uh, I'm getting there. I got a Callaway yep. Maverick driver, and let me tell you, that fucking thing slaps, okay? When you connect with that ball, that thing flies. But if you don't really connect with the ball, it still flies. It just it's completely gone. You know what nice. I mean? If you if you take that thing off the off the toe, that ball's gone. You're never gonna see it again. It's probably in the next state. But I tell you, I feel like, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it's fucking Tiger Woods when I'm hitting with that thing. Jeez. Nice. Yeah, here we go. Good for you. All right. Season three, episode four, Stats Don't Matter, NBA, NFL schedule, little hockey, little Formula One. And our cups this week is a dessert stout from Tacoma, Washington, engine house number nine. And you have a double dry hop, double IPA from North Haven, Connecticut from Abomination. Shocker, North Haven. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things sports and beer. Find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, let's get into the show. Let's go. Let's go, baby. First, now it's Happy my actually... turn. Hold on. First, it's my turn to yeah. apologize to everybody. Uh, I know we've been away for Ooh. a while. We recorded an episode uh, two weeks ago with the intention of getting it out. And then my entire family was fortunate enough to contract COVID. Uh, and I got my ass kicked by this round. Uh, first, my son, he, he made it out all right. My wife got it. She got banged up for a couple of days. Then I got it. So everything kind of got delayed. And while it was definitely better, I've had it twice now. 
once two years ago and once now. Uh, this this go round is definitely a lot shorter than the first one. The first one I was sick for like 18 days. This one was like seven days. But dude, I had a migraine every day from like last Monday until this Monday. It's almost like seven full days. It's brutal. Like I took a I, absolutely brutal. I never take time off of work. I never take sick days. I was out for an entire week. And I did nothing. I didn't check emails. I did absolutely nothing. So apologies to you guys. There's some good stuff on that podcast. A lot of it's kind of irrelevant now. We had some draft information and some some conversations there. But we had a good little bit on Tiger Woods. I'll probably cut and post up as sort of a one-off at some point. But, uh, yeah, sorry to leave you guys hanging for so long. But I'm healthy. Family's healthy. We're back. We're back. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And, you know, nature's healing because I don't hate Connecticut anymore. All right. So, Tim, get into this double dry hop, double IPA from somewhere. <sighs> you know, and I got to say, when I was going up, because I didn't I didn't take the regular highway to cut straight through Connecticut. I, I did, like, I guess you could call it maybe along the coast. But, um, you know, drove through the Havens. Didn't really see a lot of places for beer. I know you have, like, uh, the two roads and then the little, little Funkatorium up there that they got. But, uh yeah, I, you know, not a lot of uh, not a lot of big beer signs. What's up with that? Yeah, so they all come from uh, there's a, a a facility down there called twelve twelve percent brewing, uh, or the twelve percent beer project rather, and a lot a lot of Connecticut's beers uh, are brewed or contract brewed out of that location, or they're distributed by that location. So uh, I've never been there. I know in the height of the pandemic, you could. Uh, order beer from there anywhere in the state and they would come and drop it off which is incredible so um this one abomination is one i kind of go back and forth with sometimes they're they're a pretty decent little brewery i've had some really good stuff for them i've had some pretty okay stuff um this one is a play on uh one that they had created back in 2018 this is one of the first beers uh that they had a guy named Sam Heimer coming in and help work on. So they've been putting out iterations ever since. So this is the 2022 version. It's called Rotting Earth. The double dry hop, double IPA with uh, Nelson, Mosaic, Ariana, Pacific Jade, uh, Motuika, and uh, Nectarin. Some of those I've never even heard of before. Uh, Motuika and then Nectarine. Nectarine. There we go. Uh, are you sure it's Motueka? <laughs> I don't know if it's Motueka. Motueka. Yep. Are you sure? Did you learn that in your beer class? Uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go to the, the Google. <clears throat> Alright, uh, 9%. 9.3%. Let's give it a go. I got kind of a funky glass in here because I'm still slugging water. So I'm just using my water cup. Poor form. Poor form, indeed. <clears throat> ah. Wow. What's up? That that looks like uh, I yeah. I will tell you what it looks like after you after you, after you give your rating. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. All right, so it's interesting. It's very uh my, my smell is still kind of fucked up a little bit, but I didn't lose any of my taste except for the taste that's associated with some of the smell. It's coming back. And this smells like very citrusy grapefruit. 
like a almost like a mouth full of orange juice or like a nose full of orange juice almost but it's like pillowy soft got a nice little bitter start and then uh like a sweet finish to it got all like the you know typical ipa notes to it a lot of that like citrus candy um got a little bit of that grapefruit punch to it on the front end i've said it a million times i'm not the biggest fan of grapefruit but this one is this one isn't too bad it kind of mellows out pretty quick and it has a super sweet finish i would almost like judging by the look of it and the taste of it you would i would think this was a milkshake but it doesn't say there's any lactose or anything in here uh which is interesting that tends to soften it up a little bit and can make it a lot sweeter it doesn't have any of it in it so whatever whatever whichever one of those hops it is it's giving it this like like sweeter back end kind of nice all right i'm gonna i wish it wasn't so bitter up front uh just not not my stuff i'm kind of ipa'd out i've said i've been saying that for the last few months but here i am i keep buying them but uh <laughs> yeah uh not bad even when i even when i think i'm out you son of a bitch you pull me back in yeah i'm gonna give this one a a solid this is a solid four on the nose okay right, right on the button solid four what are we gonna say it look according like according to the google a mo to a that's the pronunciation mo to a uh it's supposed to taste like lemon lime supposed to get a little zippiness it's actually a crossbreed between saz hops which are a good pilsner hop and then some other new zealand hops that they bred together yeah i knew they were new zealand they, but they don't name the hop they're i knew they were like new uh, zealand I was say looks, in, in in origin but yeah yeah well, fair enough you ever you ever seen the uh have you ever you do you eat like a lot of like chickpeas uh not really sometimes more more in hummus yeah, form you know, than than straight up chickpea right right when when you when you rinse like your chickpeas like the water that gets left behind that's what your beer kind of looks like I just <laughs> get it out of my head. but i didn't want to tell you i didn't because you wouldn't you wouldn't have given it a four yeah it look it looks yeah i think you. i think some of that's the glass because when you when you look at it straight on it Maybe. looks it looks pretty pretty standard got, i got this like uh right. this is clearly a water like juice glass yeah no it's, it's clearly a glass from like the 90s that you probably put you know soft drinks in when you when you had a personal pan pizza. <laughs> I got it from Burger King. <laughs> this is my happy meal. The decal is worn off of it, off the front of it. Every, it yep, every week it's a happy meal. That's what we do here in the Stats Matter podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, you gave it a four. All right, I got this thing called Tiny House. Uh, it's a dessert stout from Engine House Number no. 9 uh, in Tacoma, Washington. And they did a little collaboration with um, Ten Barrel, which is in Bend, Oregon. Now, I know Ten Barrel has been bought out by uh, Anheuser-Busch uh, as part of their craft portfolio, so I'm not expecting too, too much here, except Engine House number 9 does, does some pretty good stuff. Uh, let's see here. The head pretty much disappeared the minute that I poured it. Uh, let's see. I smell a lot of hazelnut. For 9.5%. It's definitely got a lot of other natural flavors in it. It's supposed to have dark malts, cacao nibs, 
Madagascar vanilla beans and hazelnuts. I taste the hazelnuts and, of course, the cacao, but not really getting a lot of vanilla out of it. And for 9%, I think I'm mostly just tasting the booze here. Now, shout out shout out to Ben. I happened to be in Seattle for work uh, not too long ago, and I you know, got to stop into Rainier Growlers. Shout out to Rainier Growlers there in, uh, in Puyallup, Washington. And, you know, I happened to get some beers on the way back, play a nice lively round of bingo, which Washington State, big bingo state. I don't know if you know this. A lot, a lot of people like you turn your age and my age playing bingo. You turned thirty five and sixty. Yeah, you turned thirty five and now we're hitting the bingo circuit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yep, yeah, that's what it is. That's you, that's you what might it be is. older than me. Um, yeah, I know. Sometimes I feel like it. Jesus. Uh, let's see here. Gonna give it. Uh, a, a, oh. I, I tried to pull it back there, but it's already in my head. I got to give it a three five. To, to me, All you right. got a dessert style. It's almost ten percent. It's it's gotta it's gotta have more head retention. I mean, it's definitely still fizzing a little bit, but for whatever reason, it's just carbonated. It's not a dessert stout. I, I just I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking myself <laughs> through it. I think it I think it needs a little more. But shout out to Ben. I appreciate this. Um, and of course, engine house number nine. You know, you can't hit on everything. So Three you know, five. you know, it's uh, you know, it's interesting when I um, while you were doing your thing, I I blew my nose and. A lot of the smell from the beer kind of came rushing through, and it's it's super sweet. I, I'm also uh, unaware that my smell is still this off because I don't really have like an active runny nose, but like I just feel congested. So yep. blowing my nose kind of cleared it up enough that it came through like super sweet. And now when I take a sip out of it, it's got like a whole different like sweeter f- flavor to it. I'm gonna stay with the I'm gonna stay with the four, but um it's got a lot more now that I've kind of cleared my sinuses a little bit, it's got a lot more of the the citrusy sort of uh like lemon drop candy like nose to it, which makes it taste a little bit sweeter. So I like it better now. It's not as bitter without without that nasal blockage. So <laughs> Uh, I'm sticking with the four, but I, I do like it. So Awesome. Well, that's what's in our cups this week. Let's hop right into it. Let's talk a little NBA. Oh, Celtics. Oh, no. What is you doing, baby? You, you, you have these moments where you get a nice little finger roll. You win a game by a few points, and then you're facing the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. You get blown the fuck out of the water in the first game. You come back. You do your own blowing out of the water in the second game. And then game three is like just pins and needles. Game four, pins and needles. Yeah. Game five, pins and needles. It's like I love what this team has the ability to do, which is compete. Going against a team that has Giannis on Kumpo, yeah, Giannis is a big problem, straight up. The guy yep. took an elbow to the face last night and just was still on the side, getting back, maybe missing a you know a foul here or there. But like the one thing that concerns me the most and you know, by the time that you hear this, maybe, you know, the next game will have already been played. But the Celtics have too much talent, too much pedigree. Last night, they blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. You can't do that. You just can't do that. If you're up that big, you've got to keep your, your foot on the pedal, the foot on the throat, whatever you got to do. You cannot allow a team like that to come back in because, oh, now they're only up 10. Oh, now they're only up five. Oh, now they're only up three. Okay, now now they tied it with three, and you're just like you're in, you're in a minute left to go. You know that fouls you know have got to give, and they're gonna they're gonna play aggressive. Like, oh. 
Yeah, the, I, it, I don't know if if this is if this is where the series ends, and you know by the, by the time you hear this, they're out of it. There's a lot of good things you can take away from this season, but there's a lot that has to be worked on because the amount of like sloppy defensive play we've seen in the last few games when they really, really should have closed games out is is what's the most frustrating. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they're arguably the best defensive team in the league, or at least one of. Um, but you know they're. They kind of take games off a little bit. They, uh, I think they only had like five rebounds in total last night. The Bucks, fourteen or fifteen or, or something along those lines. And there, and the Bucks are, you know, they're still playing without Chris Middleton, so they're down, you know, a, a, a pretty big player on that team. I mean, Robert Williams the third is still out for the Celtics for two games in a row. But you know, th- there's something in their their identity that. It just it, it gets frustrating because they come out and they shock you with these crazy games against opponents that you would think that they wouldn't stand a chance against. And then they come out and, and you know, they play well, but they find ways to give up games. I mean, Tatum is still playing his ass off. Yeah, I think like thirty plus points again last night. So I think Brown Yep. I think Brown had, I don't know, twenty, twenty five points last night. So they were Making they, moves are just this series. Yeah, they really have. But the the defense, man, it just picks and chooses which nights it wants to take off. It doesn't help that this is some of the worst officiating I've seen. And I know it's a hot topic, and everyone's been talking about it. But mm-hmm. there's there's a couple pictures that are floating around the internet of blatant fouls by uh, Giannis that aren't both teams probably. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like some there's uh there's one where Brown is going up for a layup and uh. Jonas is going up to block it and literally like elbows him in the face as he goes up and you see Tatum like this and it, you know, that was, that wasn't called at all. So there's like five just even, like, of, one those. of the calls. Yeah. Yeah. There was a call. There was a call last night that Bucks fans weren't happy about, but Giannis like against Marcus smart just drove right into his chest and then threw up his like, and Giannis is a big dude and just threw up his elbow. I mean, if Smart didn't flop a little bit and sell it, he was he was taking it, uh, you know, Giannis' elbow right to the chin. And I, I mean, would would you have thrown the you know the, the call at that point? Like every once in a while, there's that story that comes in about refs, you know, fixing games. And then you watch one of these games and you're like, it's believable. I don't know that it happened last night, but I can't disprove it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it not is... a fan theory anymore. Oh, it's bananas. I just don't. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, it's you know. As as a New England fan, I'm I'm kind of accustomed to to teams who are better than than how they perform, finding ways to to give up uh give up games in a stretch of games. You know, shout out Red Sox, twenty twenty two seasons off mm-hmm. to a a banging start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah no, nah, it's just uh I can't I can't put my finger on it. Uh, we have we have several guys who are capable of of. I mean, you saw Horford come out and let him put the the team on their back. Oh my god. Crazy game. Yep. And then next night, no one else is doing anything, you know? Yeah. So, it also speaks to how good Giannis is. He's he's carrying that team, you know, on his back through the playoffs, and he is one of those players that's you know, a generational talent, someone we'll we'll be talking about for a long time, but yeah. Frustrating uh, frustrating postseason. Couple of the series I want to talk about. Warriors-Grizzlies. Everyone expected the Warriors to just sweep them. And for some reason, the Grizzlies just have this, like, Jekyll and Hyde where 
when John Morant was in the first couple of games, like it was crazy. And then John Morant is out for the rest of the series, maybe not going to play any more basketball this postseason because of a bone bruise. And suddenly the Grizzlies can play basketball. Yep. Like in a game that the Warriors probably needed to win, Steve Kerr out with COVID-19, not saying that's the reason, but like there's been a, a, you know, Twitter's been alight with a lot of these substitute coach or substitute teacher takes over the last couple of days. And the Warriors lost by 39 to the Grizzlies. Now, for a team that, for the most part, the players haven't changed, you shouldn't lose by that much. You just shouldn't. I, I, I don't I don't know. The worst part, but also kind of funny, if you're not a Warriors fan, is they said, you know, the freezing cold takes was like, hey, you know, did you see what the, the Warriors said? You know, what, what's this game going to be like? And they said, you know, I think Steph Curry said, have you ever heard that song, Whoop That Trick, from, <laughs> you know, Hustle and Flow? He's like, that's what it's going to be. And that's exactly what happened to the Warriors. They, they got whooped, like, hardcore. So. I, I do think the Warriors will probably win the series. I think that obviously the Grizzlies have a bright future with John Morant. And I think had job been playing the rest of the series, I mean, I, I could have seen that going to six or seven easily. That, and that would have given us some incredible good basketball, which, I, you know, going back to the Celtics, I think we're seeing right now anyways. Yeah, I mean, there I, are definitely some teams that are in the postseason that should not be. I don't know if I would go so far as to uh, write them off. Completely because they had a he, he missed a ton of games this season and when he was not on the court, they went twenty and four. <laughs> so they are more Clearly than capable. Play without him. Yeah, they are more than capable of putting up numbers against really good teams. Um so I don't know if I'm ready to like completely, you know, write him off. <clears throat> I mean that whole series has also been poorly officiated. You've seen what's happened several mm-hmm. times. Uh, yeah, a flagrant and an ejection for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's been kind of an interesting one to watch. But I'm not, you know, I always think the, uh, I think Golden State is sort of the, the Kansas City of the basketball world. So you just expect them to go up with Steph Curry and Draymond and, and just, you know, steamroll teams, but as we saw, it's not really that easy. So I'm not, I'm not quite ready to to rule them out just yet. I know he's out for the rest of the season, but I, you know, they've they've already shown that they've been capable of getting through tough teams. They beat the Suns, which was a tall task. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that they were gonna uh, get by them early in the season without Jai, but sure enough, they they did. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it was a little eye-opening for Golden State uh, in their last game mm-hmm. to look up and be at like a what was it, like a forty-point deficit at one point uh, in the third. Yeah, in the third time, quarter. Was... <laughs> yeah, going into the third quarter. Yep. So I think th- I think that one's gonna be a little interesting to watch, and I think it's gonna give some of those other guys on that team who are quality players an opportunity to step up and and, and help carry that team. One team that needs uh, a lot of help being carried, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, shout out to John NC, NCB, listener yes. of the podcast. But uh, I think I think he put on Twitter tonight, we're seven minutes away from Eagles football season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the Heat, the Heat definitely brought the Heat this series. And the 76ers have so much talent, not even with Embiid getting, you know, an, an elbow to the orbital bone and having a concussion or anything like that, like, you got rid of the of the the Ben Simmons bad juju. You have Doc Rivers. You have a good yep. team. 
Yep. Just, it's it's the heat. Like you, I I don't know. Maybe I just feel like you should have probably not been down big, and then come back up, and then go down again. Uh, Miami, you know, wins the series four two, and Eric Spolstra is a great coach for the Miami. Make make, make no mistake about that. I mean, you have Bam out of Io, and then uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, they're definitely doing their thing, but the 76ers, man, do they need another refresh? Like it, maybe it wasn't just the Ben Simmons. Maybe, maybe there's other things about that team that need like a refresh, like a subway eat fresh refresh. Like you just gotta, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be something else that's going to go on there. And I, I don't necessarily think it's the coach. I just wonder, you know, if, if there's something about the team and the immortal words of Kyrie Irving that need to be like saged. Or yep. something, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. You know what I mean? But put some healing crystals over there for the them Philly fans. They're, they're, they're starved. They, they need a good sports team. They really do. Yeah. Seventy uh, sixers. I mean, they had the talent to go deep. They really did. Yeah. So it doesn't help. Uh, is one of their marquee players disappearing in the second half, two games in a row? Uh, James Harden just mm-hmm. fell off the planet. Completely fell off the planet. Uh, last night's uh, in in their last game was it? Uh, oh, oh, this is this is today. I think yeah, ended tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> again, literally just did nothing in the second half. He had zero shots. He was zero for two for um from the field and three points. He was zero for two, and he only scored 11, 11 points in the first half. Th- those are abysmal. Abysmal numbers. You have a guy who's out there. Yeah, th- those, playing... those are like not even six man of the year numbers. Like I could put up better numbers than that in an NBA game. Like I could throw well, the ball up. I don't know about that. Uh, I, I could make at least two points in an NBA game. For real. Even if I'm just standing there oh, trying to catch a free one off of, you know, a weird bounce uh, where I got the rebound. I could score two points in two, like an entire second half. Look, I got a little basketball up here, man. I, I, I can hoop. Tim could. <laughs> yeah, it's a little basketball, Tim. It's not. <laughs> I could. I, I'm confident I could put two points up in a in an NBA game. NBA game. I'm tena- okay, I'm going to put that in the notes here. I'm tenacious, man. I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fight it. Hey, putting up two points is uh, easier than hitting a fastball. And I said I couldn't hit a fastball. Yes, uh, I would agree. Fastball. Yeah, so, uh, I, yeah I, just, I, I would pay money to see like Giannis do a charge on you, like he did to Marcus Smart, and just like you know chuck you in the next week. It would be, it would be worth the money, I think, hypothetically. <laughs> I mean, he's, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Like everyone's gonna look at this and 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 see the exit of Ben Simmons and everything, and be like, oh, you made the right call. Look, there's they're literally doing nothing. Nah, man, this is Joel Embiid still trying to carry this team because he, his support around him is terrible. Like, James Harden was supposed to come in and be a game changer, and the man is looking like he is past his prime and, and no longer has the, the compete in him. Like, I don't, I don't really understand how you can explain zero points as a former and current well, NBA I, I, All-Star I good, good. and arguably one of the better Good players in the schemes. league. You know? At one, they're, at they're one point, they rolled like, like three or four guys to him tonight. Yeah. James Harden? They, they, yeah. One they're point handing out fouls. Like, tonight, there was like three or four people. Yeah, I know. They're, they're literally handing out fouls like they're candy. You could at least draw a foul and put up 
you know, a free throw. Get one point. Do something. You did nothing in back-to-back games. In fact, someone on Twitter uh, had an amazing, amazing quote. Uh, this is Rob Perez at uh, Worldwide Wob. Ben Simmons oh, and yeah, James guy, Harden attempting. Yeah. It says Ben Simmons and James Harden attempting the same number of second-half shots in Philly the last two elimination games was the only way this could have ended. <laughs> Man. Let, let me ask you a question, Tim. If you could go back and redo that trade, would you trade for Harden, knowing knowing where, where you're at now with the team, or would you trade for Russell Westbrook? I'm not a big fan of either one of them. I think Westbrook is a stat patter. But, you got to pick one. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it didn't work out for either one of those teams. They're both watching the postseason from the right. from the couch. I suppose I would probably still go Harden, if I'm being honest. Although he had kind of, you know, he got asked tonight about why well, I only took two shots in the second half. And he said, we ran our offense and the ball didn't get back to me. So now he's just blaming his teammates, which is a bad look. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of either one of those guys. Uh, they're both better than uh, Ben Simmons, though. So there's that. Yeah, big facts. Except big for facts. tonight. Okay. They were the same. They, they took as many shots as Ben Simmons <laughs> did the entire season. You never know. Ben, ben Simmons is probably playing this on 2K somewhere. You know what I mean? And he probably, you know, he probably sent the game out in franchise mode and, and scored a lot more points. With James Harden. I bet, I bet he wasn't even looking at basketball. That man has no interest in playing anything. <laughs> Except hopefully this episode of Sass Podcast. Yeah. Hey, man, if you want to come on and defend right. yourself, here we are. Love to chat, man. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I, I've, I've done a lot of dragging into Ben Simmons. So, I don't, you know, <laughs> of his namesake and his ability to shoot threes. Hey, we, are, we are uh, a that, podcast. That we're a podcast of the people. You have a right to come on and, the and, and express your beliefs uh, and your own defense if you need to. So, open Big invite. Facts. Big facts. All righty. Uh, okay, Tim, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, last weekend, there was a Formula One race in Miami. Yes. I, I, I heard uh, and was... I saw on the social medias that there were more people there and proud to be posting about it than at the Kentucky Derby this year. Everybody who was anybody yeah. was at this event. And I know you have been salivating and you probably have a semi mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. waiting to talk about this. So I'm going to go ahead and let you have your time in the limelight because uh, I do like Formula One. And I got to say, I, I got together with some buddies. Did of you mine. watch the race? I did not. Uh, I could not pay attention oh. to anything because my brain was uh, uh, on fire. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was at a buddy's house uh, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and one of them came down and he brought this setup and it connected. I went down in the basement and there was like a 70-inch screen uh, that had Formula One racing on it. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? What am I looking at here? He's like, oh, you got to sit down and try it. He sat down and had the like force feedback, paddle shifting, mm-hmm. steering wheel, yep. the pedals, uh, and the shifter. Holy shit! I could not get around one lap, and I'm I'm pretty good at racing games with like a controller. Yeah, I mean, you could score at least two points in an NBA game, so I, I think you're probably a, like a top tier athlete. You could probably drive a Formula One car. Probably. Uh no, the controller. I got some. I got some pretty good thumbs. I can get that shit down. 
in realism mode in the car. It's not Warzone. And dude. and the fact that this thing had force feedback, I almost broke my wrist off of this steering wheel like more than once because you're going and you catch the edge, and that shit just jerks so hard. I'm like, oh my god! And like people upgrade the motors in their uh, their steering wheels to make them feel more realistic. But that thing was so cool, and I am uh uh a little too. I don't know what the word for it would be, but, uh, I mean, stubborn, I guess. I wanted to, like, continue doing it and continue doing it and continue doing it until I could, and not once. I must have taken, I don't know, 15, 20 laps. I did not make it around the entire track once that entire time. Not once. <laughs> not once. Well, the good news is Drive to Survive has been renewed for two seasons, season five and six confirmed by Netflix, so you have plenty, plenty of uh drama not in your favorite netflix reality tv show to go but uh it was it was weird but it was an american f1 race right so there's there's already a race that's at the circuit of america's in austin texas that happens in october that's a really good race uh but everyone here really cares about indycar and nascar and stuff and, and you know for history and good reasons but this was a weird course they built it outside the hard rock stadium they couldn't put water in the inlet, <laughs> so they that. made like, uh, yeah, they they made they, they this is the worst part. They they put people's boats, actual boats, inside of like a fake marina, in which they had like, I don't know, like painted vinyl or something that was supposed to be the water. It looked like water from you know from the helicopter, but it did not yeah. look like water when you look up on it. The only thing that they did that was smart was they put a whole bunch of like uh, areas with sand for the bars, uh, yep. you know, on the inside of the track. That being said. That that event raised more for the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, allegedly, is what he said, his words, than an entire season of the NFL. He made more in that one weekend. Tickets were going for, on average, excuse me, $2,700 a piece. A typical Formula One ticket in the Americas, the Circuit of Americas in uh, Texas, is like 900 So it's three times the charge. And then you had DJ Khaled there. You had Tom, you had Michael Jordan, you, you had, had everybody. The Obamas. Everybody was there. It was like everyone in America was like, we have heard. We got to come see what this thing is. And to be honest, not a bad course, need some revisions, but they had to make multiple changes to the course over a few days to make it, you know, for in sense of a word, drivable. Um, tacky, tacky, tacky. Afterwards, though, when the drivers like go to the podium to get their you know, their trophies, and there's like a little champagne spray down or whatever. This time, instead of coming out in Pirelli branded caps, they came out in old school Rydell NFL helmets with the chin straps not done that had graphics on it. And it looked just yeah. as pathetic and cheesy as you could think that it would. Like, what the hell? Come on. Yeah, that's Great strange. Great takeaways from the race, though. Everyone loved it. Plenty of people in the stands. It obviously made in Miami a lot of money. There's going to be a Formula One race in Vegas next year. So we're going to have three, count them, three races, uh, which is good because, you know, when you're a world champion, you really are a world champion in Formula One because you go to so many countries. There are 23 races. They, they go to over 20 countries to race in, in these Grand Prix. It is something. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's a traveling circus. This race particularly, we had some action. There's been a lot of talk. On the, on the Twitter sphere and, and through you know sports articles about drag reduction system DRS and how it gives certain drivers an unfair advantage. 
basically what it allows you to do is once it's been activated, you can kind of get in a slipstream behind someone and then you activate DRS. You get about an extra 12 to 13 miles an hour and it helps you overtake someone. Well, what Red Bull has figured out this season that Ferrari cannot, for example, is all we got to do is just stay behind you until like two to three laps to go. Use DRS, pass you. You won't have enough life left in your tires to catch us. We'll win the race. Red Bull has won every race they finished. And in the races they didn't finish was because their cars were on fire or the batteries died or the gearbox <laughs> went out. The way it's going right now, Red Bull is going to probably repeat as world champions because Mercedes is not doing anything. You know that meme where it's like the, the guy with a stick and he's like hitting something on the ground. He's like, do, do something. Yeah. That's what we want. Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion. He's in a car that's been described by his other teammate, George Russell, as being worse than a diva and can't stop porpoising, which is bouncing up and down, which imagine doing above 150 miles an hour when a car is looking like a slinky. You know what I mean? That, that, that reverberates through your body. That's not a good thing for you. For all the talk that Ferrari had coming in and their first couple of races, they have no zig when everyone else is zagging right now. And Red Bull literally wins every single race that they, have, they happen to finish. It's either all or nothing. I, it's, it's a long season. I don't think necessarily we're going to see Mercedes as another constructor championship this year. I want Sir Lewis Hamilton to win his eighth and record-breaking world championship. That car is not there right now. There are cars on the grid right now that, sh that should not be performing at the level that they are, but they are, and cars that should be performing that aren't. Um, so, you know, Tim, don't worry. There's only like four or five races that have gone thus far, you, but you do need to watch Austin uh, in October. Yep. The American race is usually around like 3 p.m. So, you know, provided there's no golf on that day, you should have plenty <laughs> of time to see it. Question. <clears throat> Tinfoil hat time. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think, I don't know if there's a, an association tied to Formula One or if this was maybe. Yeah, the FIA. Okay, or maybe this was Miami themselves. How many of those folks that were there do you think were paid to be there to make the sport look more appealing than what it is? Because it had literally a Kentucky Derby level draw in terms of like yeah, participation, yeah, social media postings, stories, mm -hmm, to people who mm -hmm. were there. And I mean, Formula One's not a new sport. It's it's. You know, it's been around for a while. Like, you know, ESPN was there. Like, shout out Gary Streitsky for doing a bunch of his behind the scenes, the little yacht club thing that they did with the fake water, like all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of media networks that were there to cover it because it was a pretty big event. And I know it was a big event because it was here in the States, but that was a lot of folks. And you kind of wonder if they were trying to drum up some, some, artificial press or make the draw seem more appealing so that you know come austin and in some of these other events it becomes like a thing that you go and do or does formula one really have that big of a draw and just nobody's talking about it it does no it does it, and actually it does but i mean stateside it's like uh, it's like football or soccer internationally is huge but there aren't a lot of folks stateside that are really talking about it until like they do a, let's say Manchester United came and played, you know, in the galaxy stadium in Los Angeles, then maybe we'd have a, a pretty big draw there. But half the people there who were like posting and talking about being there, I have never once 
seen or heard or anything Formula One racing. It was like the Met Gala. They were all there just to be there. And I wonder. That's if what it was. S- it, it was. It was the Met Gala of Formula One, and it worked. Yeah, I just wonder. It was the highest wash auto race in American history. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how much of that was like hyping it up so that you can build a like a market for it? Well, the, one of the governing know. bodies of um, Formula One was recently bought by a media group uh, from Colorado. So they've been trying to make this this uh, Formula One thing in America yeah. something for for a long time. But uh, I gotta be I gotta be honest. I want to go to Austin to see it because it's it's you know it's the first circuit really of the last few years that I can remember in America. Uh, Miami, you're just paying for the price. Like there was like news articles that said that there were top level suites in some of the hotels that were going for over six figures a night. You know what I mean? Ugh. This this had the potential to be Formula One's fire festival, and it yep. did not go that way. Uh, there was a lot of people there, but yeah, you get a ton of influencers. Uh, you know, naturally people are going to go, but I think it was a, it was definitely a financial boon for them. So I think that was pretty good, but at the same time, it was the crypto.com Miami Grand Prix. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it was, it was very, very set up for social media, for Instagramable moments, for, you know, chances to go viral. And then there just happened to be a formula one race that was going on. Yeah, that that same weekend. You know what I mean? Uh, it's uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. to crypto, by the way. If you're if anybody's oh, yeah. I, I in the, if anybody's currently uh, uh, in the markets, uh, sorry about your loss. Good luck. It's bad. I mean, Dogecoin is now back to what it should be, which is point zero 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 eight cents. So, the amount of money uh, that shout ev- out to you. evaporated. Oh boy. Today, forty. I think. I think. Like, I, I saw Bitcoin was like twenty six or twenty seven thousand. Yeah, I saw one currency. There's so many of them now. There was one called, uh, uh, I think it was called Luna, that was originally like ninety a coin or something like that. Zero. It was like forty billion dollars yeah. just disappeared today. Just the stock market is one of those that, like, I mean, if you, it doesn't fully disappear, but it's one of those things where like money uh is made and can also just completely evaporate like <laughs> funny story filed the taxes recently right and um shout out to debbie at a h&r block and uh, she was like oh do you have any uh you have any income or dividends from stocks i was like no i took a loss she goes oh that's great how much <laughs> I, like, I can reduce my taxable income this way and then i was like maybe i should have lost more and my wife's like no that's not no, that's, that's not, not how it works. <laughs> that's, no, that's, you're supposed to make money in the stock market, babe. You're not supposed to lose money. And I was just like, no, but it helped. We got to reduce our taxable income by like, you know, 70 bucks or something. You know, every every little bit helps. But uh, all right, moving on. We have a schedule release. It happened mm. today. Yes, it did. And there's been, a, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of hype in the last like week. Yeah. Players are getting back to OTA. There's been all these trades that happened. Um, let me just tell you, social media is a very important part of a team's branding. And there are teams that do it really well. And there are teams that have no fucking idea of what they're doing. And you would think that a team like the Patriots, who is very, you know, very quiet, very, you know, solemn. We don't, we don't really say a lot of things on the record. Their social media game, incredible. Social media game for Miami Dolphins, not incredible. This week they put out a 
a video of Tua slinging this long bomb, which if you go back and watch the video, when that, that ball is in the air for like a second, it becomes a duck. And then it just happens to magically fall into Tyreek Hill's outstretched arms, but he's not even running. And they're like, oh, yeah, that Tua to Cheetah connection. And you're like, delete this video right now. This is not a good idea. <laughs> you, this is not this is not scaring your opponents to hype them up. And then, of course, we we got some tidbits here or there. Um, the Seattle Seahawks will be playing the Buccaneers in Germany this year. Thanks a lot, Russ. You could have maybe won a team, you know, against a team in Germany. But no, now we have to watch Tom Brady win another fucking game. And <laughs> the schedule came out today. And there are some teams that just, that, as the saying goes, understood the assignment. Chicago Bears, not one of those teams. One of the most slapdash put-together videos I've ever seen in which they just kept throwing a ball into like a, an equipment like cart. And the recurring joke was that their kicker could kick it into there from wherever he was, which is funny because the Bears kickers, if you know anything about them, don't make kicks. But then the Los Angeles Chargers laid waste to everyone, everyone. First thing they did was tease out, hey, we have a schedule release video. We're going to make it. It's going to be anime. Do you guys want to see it? And that thing was fire, absolute fire. But before they released it, they put a breakdown of their upcoming season opponents as Pop-Tart boxes. Okay? The first one was a picture of Kyler Murray juxtaposed next to a Pop-Tart minis box. I don't need to write the joke. It's fucking hilarious. Next one, Russell Wilson. What flavor do you think the Russell Wilson Pop-Tarts were? Oh, I don't even know. Corn. Corn Pop-Tarts for corny. That's amazing. Like, oh, it, it gets better. Um, the, the, the Raiders, that was um, the cookies and cream Pop-Tarts, which is pretty good. Um, playing against the Chiefs. It was a Pop-Tart with mayonnaise and ketchup on it because of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes' love for ketchup. Okay? No, no, it gets better. They're, they're playing the Jaguars. The Jaguars had a Crocs-flavored Pop-Tart, okay? They're playing the Falcons, and the Pop-Tart flavor for the Falcons was the, the Walmart off-brand <laughs> that was unfrosted. <laughs> Pretty much saying you're, you, you're, you're, you're a cheap football team and we're not worried about you, like, Absolutely crazy. But then they put out this like anime style video in which they do a few things. Um, they show the Bronco Stadium burning down because that happened recently, right, with Russ. Mm -hmm. um, they show Mahomes and um, uh, Justin Herbert as like anime characters fighting in these like, you know, mech and like Gundam style, like machines. They have the coach who's like oh, just pounding the glass, you know, go for it on fourth down. Then they get to the Seahawks. And it's a graveyard, okay? And it, the, I, I have to give them super props for this. It says Legion of Boom, you know, RIP. It yeah. says the Mariners 2001 season. And then there's something <laughs> that was like, you know, Super Bowl 49 goal line play. And then there's another one. And it says, um, it's something about Russ's career. And there's like this little like Russ voodoo doll. And it says, thanks for nothing, Russ. And like <laughs> the Chargers player is just like praying in front of the, you know, the, the grave. And he's like, yeah, this is a dub. You know what I mean? Like. When teams put together for the schedule release, they put their best social media foot forward. It absolutely slaps. And it's, it's incredible. It's so good. People need to do it because you get your fans riled up. We're not, we're not going to see actual football for another 60 to 90 days at least. We're probably 120 days away from week one, which is going to have some bangers in it anyways, right? Yep. 
But when you, when you take time, when you understand the assignment and you put out a video like that, you're making the social media people like, you know, worth, worth their salt. Oh yeah. Uh, but some of these videos are so great that, that one, one last thing before, you know, we'll pick some games here. Uh, not only are the chargers playing the Falcons, but there was a Falcon that flew into a waffle house sign and it flew into the <laughs> W of waffle house. And the W went out, obviously indicating that the Falcons are not going to win this game. But if you zoom in on the sign, it says 28% off three or more waffles. <laughs> if the Chargers don't win the Super Bowl this year, they definitely won the social media Super Bowl. You know? Yeah. Pretty great. Pretty great, Bob. Pretty great. That's amazing. But you've seen the schedule, Tim. Yeah, I would I would recommend you watch it. We we definitely got to post it on the uh, you know link on our story. Uh, mm. Pick a game the first half of the season, weeks one to nine, that you think is going to be absolutely killer. Uh, I think right off the rip, week one, uh, Bucks Cowboys. They play the eight twenty game, uh, September eighth. Uh, I think that game is going to be sort of a, a decent benchmark as to what this upcoming season's going to be like there's some changes in tampa they lost a couple guys uh the cowboys coming off of arguably their best season in a long time they looked really good uh i feel like this is uh this could be something that kind of sets the pace because both of those teams are going to be teams we're probably following later on down the road like obviously there's no implications for any any long end of season type uh action but it might give us a good idea of what these two teams are because they're both two very very good teams i mean the they're playing the same day that the the bills and the Chargers are which is another one that i could i could have picked that's the first thursday night game we get talk about a you know home run for that one uh if everyone's healthy that game could be amazing as well but my week Mm -hmm, my my mm -hmm. first half season uh i'm gonna go yeah I think I'm gonna go. Uh, there there, there are definitely some some weeks. There are definitely some weeks with like absolute success. But remember, Bucks Cowboys started off the season, I think last year too, and that was a crazy good game before like yeah. injuries and everything. Or maybe maybe the season before. But all right. Yep. Um, look, I'm a I'm a Seattle fan. They got like two primetime games, three three primetime games. It's gonna be weird. You would think that I would say Week One Monday Night Football because it's Broncos at Seattle. Yep. But I'm not going to. I'm going to go week 16, Broncos versus the Rams. Merry Christmas, Russell Wilson. The NFL is your secret Santa, and the guy, Aaron Donald, again, again, on Christmas this time. There's a triple header this year on Christmas, Tim. Like, if you're if you're one of those families who likes to do gifts in the morning, maybe, like, get up, like, an hour or two earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe make sure that, like, Santa and, you know, and Mrs. Claus and the reindeer get, like, their cookies and, and the carrots and all that shit, like, like wicked early because, like, there are three games on Christmas Day. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night. And I I think I might watch all three of them. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't think it's it's far fetched to think that like it, it won't be very difficult to see all three of those. Like and that that is gonna be a good game. The, the Rams obviously being the Super Bowl uh defending champions, winning in their own house. Every game that they're playing this year is probably gonna sell out at SoFi Stadium and they're gonna be good. But Russ has never had an answer. Never had an answer for for Aaron Donald. And the Rams have almost always kind of held him down. And now, with Jerry Judy maybe getting arrested today, maybe doing some jail time, maybe not. Who knows what we're doing? Basically, 
he went from a team that has a not so good O line, a kind of middle of the pack defense, a decent running game, some good wide receivers, to a team that has a good O line, a decent to, to good defense, a pretty good defense, um, maybe a questionable running game, and now a thinning receiver core. So I don't really know if he stepped up uh, necessarily, given everything we're seeing right now, but I do think that would be a good game. Plus, who doesn't love Christmas football? Unless you're, unless you're a Scrooge, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, we're we're in the same boat. We end up we have pretty low key Christmases, so we'll uh, we'll be there. One of the honorable mention games uh, for me is the Week 17 Rams Chargers matchup. It's one of the primetime games. That one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on where these two teams are at that late in the season, uh, could potentially have a lot of playoff implications or you could be watching a bunch of you know second stringers could go either way but if uh yeah if if they're still in action and you know there's any sort of playoff seed on the line or there's anything that's going on there that game is going to be a fun one to watch plus you get uh bragging rights uh for for that stadium because both are in los angeles i think they they, don't they still share a stadium yeah they, yeah, they share that stadium, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, not, at least it's not crypto.com. At least SoFi is like one of those financial companies that's like, look, do you have a lot of bad loans? Sure, we'll find a way to help you, you know, get out from underneath them. Crypto.com is like, give us your money. Woo! Yeah. Here's the market, you know what I mean? That's kind of what it seems like at this point. That was me uh, emulating, um, snorting illicit drugs. In case you didn't know what that was. Okay, all <laughs> uh, uh, right. I was in I was in Home Depot probably five months ago, six months ago, buying some shit for my uh, for my garden, and I swiped a card and bought I don't know it's like three hundred dollars worth of like tools and equipment and stuff. And my son's like, "Hey, Dad, can I have this lollipop?" And I went, "Yeah, son, get the lollipop. Let's cash out." So he gets the lollipop. We go up, swipe the card again. My card gets declined. I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> so I put it again, it's like decline. I'm like, uh, okay. So I, well, that's weird. Maybe it's two back-to-back transactions from the same place. Maybe they thought something was sketchy. So I put my shit in the. I pay with a different card. Go put my stuff in the car. And while I'm sitting there, I pull up my bank account. Look, I had five authorizations from Crypto.com for five hundred dollars that went through all at the same time. Ish. Yeah. Someone. Uh. Someone stole my. Someone. It's somehow maybe it was coincidentally when I was at Home Depot or, or whatnot, but within fifteen seconds, Luna. yeah, within fifteen seconds of uh, of swiping my card at Home Depot, uh, somebody went crazy at Crypto.com. So that was that was bananas. Yikes! Yeah, if you Yikes. had to pick one team for the crypt for the Crypto.com Week One of the NFL, <laughs> <laughs> who do you think is going to win between Bucks and Cowboys? Um, that's an interesting one. I was gonna say it depends on if Gronk comes back. We played well without. I keep saying we because I'm still in that Tom Brady mindset. We see, yes, yep. We, did, we, we didn't. We didn't even touch. We didn't even touch Our that Denver shit. Though. Broncos. We didn't even touch that shit yet. Uh, but um, I don't know. That that's gonna be toss. That's gonna be a toss up. I think both teams have something to prove. Tom Brady's gonna want to come out and kind of put up a couple statement pieces right off the bat to show that coming back was not a uh, uh, was not a, a, a poor decision. But 
I think the Cowboys are gonna want to come out strong too. They got some proving of their own to do. Um, for nostalgia's sake, I'm gonna say I think the Bucks win because we're kind of seeing a dude come out mm -hmm. and and do some shit we haven't seen anybody else do in football. Um, and you you know yeah. there's going to be doing... a fall off, but somehow it hasn't come yet, and I think that's gonna be our first look to see if you know that trend continues, but. Yeah. Well, we know what he's going to be doing at the end of that season. Oh, my God. For the next That's 10 TV. years after the end of the season. Oh, Jesus. We, we got to talk about this real quick before we get into the NHL yeah. and wrap this episode of Sass Matter Podcast. I cannot fucking believe the amount of movement that's happened on the commentating teams this year. But good for all of them. Yeah. Right? You got Joe Buck, Troy Aikman moving to Monday Night Football. Lisa Salters, that's going to be a killer crew. You got... Uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels doing Amazon, um, you know, Prime. That's going to be crazy. You, you got Twitter that's doing their football things. And then apparently Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady are going to be the number one Fox crew since Joe Buck and Troy Aikman left. And it's like, <laughs> hold on. And then this story from the New York Post about how Brady's going to get paid like what thirty million dollars a year, something like that, for ten years? Like, it's, first of all, it's three hundred. You don't even like, know if this guy is good. I think it's like yeah, three hundred and twenty-five like million dollars, or yeah, three hundred seventy-five. It's, it's like, un, like he can't spend that money. Why are you paying him that? First of all, second of all, this dude could be ass cheeks in in two seasons, and then guess what? Is there a buyout? You have to pay this man three hundred seventy-five million dollars to sit on the couch. Like, what is this? Yeah, Damn, we're in the wrong business. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I know there's some some questioning of the validity, but I mean, it's crazy to see the people he's in company with, like Tony Romo. He goes Tom Brady, Tony Romo, and then like Jim Rome. And there's some and questioning on Tom on Brady whether or not his accurate is called a game yet at all. Yeah, I think it's that analytical mind. I think it's uh, you know, obviously he approaches the game a lot differently than your typical player. And we saw some of that with Tony Romo and that's why True. people love Tony Romo, right? He's able to look at a play and people soured on him. Well, that's because he did it too much. It's like every single play he's, he's like calling it. And you don't think in 10 years, Tom Brady's going to do that. Oh, back when I was with the Patriots, oh, back when I was winning Super Bowl, I remember on my third Super Bowl. Shut the fuck up, Tom. Oh you my God. I can't, I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. The salt, of the earth will rain from the heavens and people will be sad it's right now. It's right. It's, it's salty. Yeah. It's me right now. Um, but no, I, th so I, think, I was going I think to watch, be all right, but I was going to watch, you know, the man in the arena until this news broke. And I said, no, nah, fuck it. Oh man. my God. You weren't either. Can't, That's can't a terrible excuse. Can't do it. Ah, uh, you should though. There's some it. really good shit in there. There's some really good, like football type stories that, right. Did he, did he produce another episode in which he was going to say he's going to retire and then he didn't fucking retire. And then and a postscript, postscript, postscript. Oh, is that, yes, is, yes, that yes, is, yes, is that why he decides to take a? Oh my god! Is that why you're not watching it? Is that why? Because the man decided to not he's retire. He's not retired. He's not fucking retired yet, and we're giving this man thirty million dollars a year. I don't even know. But what does that have to do with the man in the arena? video. Hey, if you watch the man in the arena, you'd have a little bit of an idea of how the man can speak and narrate a story, right? Speak up about how he right? can read a script that is different than than commentating on live football. Not, it wasn't not a script. It's not scripted. Ask me how. I, ask, ask me. Ask, ask me how I know that. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. 
I may or may not uh, get paychecks from the company that produced uh, and put that out. So I can assure you it was not scripted. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, It was not scripted. And the man speaks very well. But he can remember plays well. He can remember situations. And he's... His is career, it going to translate to people? Yeah, I would assume so because his entire career has been based off of analyzing what's on the field and making play calls like in real time. And let's—I mean, we can't argue that he's been almost more successful than any other quarterback. Maybe with Aaron Rodgers being in that conversation because he's still playing. But Aaron Rodgers has found success off of the long game. He can scramble a lot. Tom Brady is a pocket quarterback who sees the game better than anybody else who's ever played the game of football. Hands down. Can't say he's the most athletic. You know, this Aaron Rodgers is more athletic for sure. Russell Wilson's more athletic for sure. There's a million players we could list, but in terms of like an analytical see in real time, translate what's happening and make a decision off of that, there's nobody that has done that better than anybody else. The fact that the man can speak well, he can uh explain that in a way that for folks who aren't football savvy can understand it. You got to watch man in the arena before you give me your opinion. You got to watch it. You have 12 episodes or whatever it is uh, to see. Is there 12 episodes? That'd be amazing if there was, because that's his football number. I don't know how many episodes there actually are. But uh, I don't think there are. I think there's probably like I just finished Moon Knight, so, you know. Mm -hmm. You got to watch it, though, because uh, I think before you can can give your opinion on whether he can or can't you got to at least get a taste of what he can do uh in that kind of setting in a production setting you, you know what's going to happen though right yeah we need eli to get in the booth oh that'll happen eli i'm sure to be in a five yeah and we need eli on a five-year contract for like 15 million you know what i mean eli will just like he'll take pennies on the dollar and then he will be better than tom brady and never all will be right in the world at that point uh, in the world where stats don't matter, maybe, but statistically, <laughs> he doesn't have the candle to uh, one Tom Brady. But well, we <sighs> no, we've never seen either of them commentate before, yeah. except on the show about themselves, which is narrating your own autobiography. Anyways, let's move on. Wait, you didn't watch? We'll hold on, you didn't. You, hold on, you didn't watch the. You didn't watch the match with Tom Brady. No. What? What? So let me understand this. Oh, you, oh you yeah, have, oh yeah, the one with him and. No, no, we talked about this. It was, a, it was on an episode. Yeah, we talked about yeah, so it. I was going to say. Not the newest one. Yeah, and he's entertaining to watch. Have you seen any? Did you watch the Peyton Manning show where he went around and did all the... He might be entertaining to watch, but he, can he commentate a football game for 10 years? The game of football will change the next 10 years. If he's not in it, is he going to be the same way? Is he going to be able to... It's not going to change that much. Like, translate that much. game for everyone. I don't, I don't know. I don't he's know. been in the league for like a bajillion years now, and he's still playing the same way he did uh, the first year. So it hasn't changed that much. Yeah. Changed that much? He played, he, he played like ass the first year. Oh, I'm sorry. How dare? No, no wait, <laughs> wait. No, he didn't. He came in and they won a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. No, Drew Bledsoe pretty much dragged him there, and then, then his knee had something to do with that, and then, then your boy went in. Don't. Let's, oh let's my god! You, you might have, you you might be, you might be. Maybe you started oh episode god. two of Man in the Arena. Oh my god! All right, here we go. Now he's looking up all these stats to see if they. If they I'm do, not. Don't I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it because Sam's wrong. I'm right. I know it. My first jersey was a blue dread, blue <laughs> blue dread. So Drew Bledsoe jersey. So I was a big fan, <laughs> and I remember being heartbroken when he went out. But Tom Brady carried that team. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, let's let's talk a little National Hockey League here. Uh, yeah. The Bruins tied the series up, which is good. It's tied 3-3. We're going to get a game seven. But they really should have put the Hurricanes away. And there's been a couple games where the Hurricanes have just literally, like that Foghorn Leghorn video from like Looney Tunes where he's just beating the, the snot out of like uh, Tom. That's that's what's happening. Beating the brakes yeah. off a team. Uh, Maple Leafs Lightning is in OT right now. And Toronto leads that series 3-2. So that's that's pretty great. A lot of decent hockey. Um, the Capitals season is pretty close to being over. The Florida Panthers lead that series 3-2. They got another game coming up. There have been some issues. There's been some injuries. I think this season, I expected just a little bit more. I don't I don't know why. I, I thought that the Bruins started out good. I thought Swayman was trying to step in good for Rask, and I, he's had some moments, but like for whatever reason in this postseason, there have been teams that have gotten blanked for no, no good understanding that you, they can mm. come up with whatsoever. And then they'll come back and, like the Bruins tonight, win a game 5-2. Where the fuck was that three, you know, two or three nights ago? Like, how, how does this happen? And I don't think it's more games because we're, we're not in the bubble anymore with them playing only in Canada and, you know, East and West divisions. Like, if Tampa Bay loses this series, they won't, you know, go back, obviously, to win another Lord Stanley Cup. But, like, let's say that the Lightning do win this game in OT, tie the series up against Toronto 3-3. Like, who who do you think right now necessarily is going to have the, the legs to go the distance? Because I don't think the Stars or the Flames, the Kings or the Oilers, the, I don't think the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers might get through the Capitals, but, like, I don't, I don't see them. I, I, I see a lot of teams that could just survive the battle of attrition, but I don't mm-hmm. see a team that's, like, outright worthy. And I want the Bruins to be that team, but I don't want the I don't want the Bruins getting their ass handed to them by the Tampa Bay Lightning if yeah. if they make it that far just because they're on their last leg, you know. Uh, the Lightning is a team that always scares me almost as much as the uh, as the Maple Leafs do. Like the Bruins against Canadian teams has not been a good recipe uh, for you know a very very long time. So um, I think after this we get the winner of the. Um, Rangers Penguins series. Neither of those teams. I know the Rangers are doing. They, you know they played played pretty well going into the tail end of the season. Uh, the concerning part about the Bruins series is the home team has won uh, all six of these games, and this game goes back to Carolina. So we're gonna have to see yeah. uh, a little yeah. bit of a change up that we haven't seen over the last six games. I know we got some players coming back today uh, for this game. So it's a little bit of a game changer. Changer Marchand scored tonight, which has been a uh, uh, something that hasn't been happening all that often. So a lot of things are going their way. Uh, but in terms of like who's left, uh, Colorado's going to be fresh going into their semifinals. They swept, so they've been resting. They're the only team that is has swept. Everybody else has gone into some pretty long series. Um, I think everyone's played at least five games at this point, if not six yes, games. Every every single every single uh series that's still going on right now is three two. Right? Yeah. Every single one of them. So that that's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna get a battle of attrition when you get to the conference championship or you get to to, to do the Stanley Cup finals. Like you're gonna have played so much hockey at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the 
The Toronto game's in uh in overtime right now. They're tied three three. Mm-hmm. Uh with their their overtime just started. St. Louis in uh Minnesota is at the end of the first period and St. Louis is up. Uh and then the Oilers are up over uh the Kings currently one nothing in the first period. So lots of hockey still going on tonight. That could kind of shift the dynamic of this if uh if Toronto ends up winning this game in uh uh overtime they take that series. Um so again the Maple Leafs is uh the Maple Leafs and actually both of those teams, the Maple Leafs and the in the Lightning are the two teams I tend to kind of be worried about the most. The, you know, Tampa has just come off of a of a big win two years ago. So, you know, that they're still playing extremely well. Um, so they're, they're the team I'm probably keeping my eye on other than Carolina, who we're playing right now. Um, they were the number one seed. The Bruins came in as the wild card seed. So that one, uh, <clears throat> that one's, that one's going to be an interesting one. We'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. What is it? Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember what night they play. Um, Google. if they, if they make it past, yeah, if they make it past Carolina, I think the only team I'm really worried about that's still hanging around, it's either going to be uh, Colorado, who finished first in their division, came in as the first seed, mm-hmm. or, and that's if we, yeah, I mean, we'd have to make it all the way to the Cup to play them, or probably Tampa. They're, they're on the cusp, right? They could, it could go either way tonight. They could get bounced tonight if, uh, if things don't go well, so. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I just think that for whatever reason, this season just hasn't been as gripping, right? Like I, mm. I've, I've gone through and, and, and I understand that we're getting a lot more hockey games now on regular cable channels than we used to. Right. So like, that's good, but you're kind of like what you mentioned earlier with the, with formula one, like you kind of flood the market a little bit and you're just like, all right, there's a hockey game on tonight. Yeah. I'm not watching it. Like we were, we were in Seattle for work a few weeks ago and we were like, all right, the, the Avalanche are playing the Kraken. We, we should like maybe get tickets and tickets, you know, in the nosebleed were like 90 or a hundred dollars. I'm like, all right, I'm just, we're just going to go to a bar. We're not, we're not going to pay to go see this. But now the Avalanche, you know, sweep first round, you know what I mean? And like, yep. you, you just kind of thinking to yourself, well, shit, if I wanted to be able to speak intelligently, should the Bruins face a team like that? I, I have nothing. I have to go back and watch, you know, clips or, or a mashup of it because, I know nothing about this team. I, you know, I didn't even think that the Avalanche were going to be necessarily one of the best teams in hockey. So this isn't a down season. I don't know if it's because we're coming out of, you know, the shortened bubble type seasons or, or what had, you know, what's happened, but uh, I wish I could say I'm like more involved in hockey this year. And when it comes to the Bruins, I am. If, if I see it on TV, I'm, I'm going to watch it. If, if we have nothing else going on you're not in, or I'm recording a show, it's going to the DVR, I'll watch hockey instead. I've been supporting the Bruins as a wild card team facing the number one seed in their division. Like, whew, let's say they, they get out of this. A lot of everyone's just going to say it's a fluke, right? Everyone's just going to say, you got lucky. The, the team was sleeping. You caught them asleep at the wheel. You landed a haymaker. Cool. That's, that's the way the story is going to be, right? But going forward, like, every other team is like in a battle of attrition right now. Like you mentioned, they're all going to play five, six, some, some of these teams, seven games. You're, are you going to get the best product going forward in a, in a playoffs? I, don't, I just I mean, don't, I don't, I don't think it's the case. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The argument I guess would be if you're, if you're a fan of, 
in a playoff hockey, you want to see you want to see going, as many games as possible. You want to yeah. see him going long, and you want to see like deep playoff runs. So like I'm I'm okay with it to be honest. And sure, you have one team that's gonna that's gonna come refreshed, but that's gonna reflect more on the team that has to face them. That that's that's not gonna carry on unless they sweep the next team. That's not gonna carry on until the until the finals. Uh, you know they could go up against the Minnesota or St. Louis and then end up running a seven game series there. So I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a kind of a moot point. I mean, the depending on who you talk to, some athletes feel like the long layover hurts because you're just not doing anything. You know, you're just sitting around watching everybody else mm-hmm. do things right now and you kind of fall off a little bit. So I don't know. I, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast in terms of being a Bruins fan and a, a a New England fan in general, a lot of times we have these teams who are capable of doing very good things and they choose very poor times to kind of let that stuff slide, right? We're seeing it right now with the Celtics. We saw it with the Bruins. Um, or like we're seeing it with the Bruins where there's a couple of these games they could have probably taken, but they've also gotten their ass kicked a couple times and they've been doing some ass kicking. So it's kind of like an up and down playoff. I didn't get to watch a lot of it last week because, you know, my, my brain was on fire again, but like trying to follow along with what was going on in game, uh, you know, it's kind of frustrating to see that score alert pop up. Bruins lost again. Bruins lost again. Bruins lost. And you're like, Jesus Christ. So I don't, I don't understand what's happening right now when they finished off so strong at the end of the season. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about the, the attrition. I think, um, I think by the time this meets, this gets to the, the cup, I think everything is going to kind of balance itself out. You always have one team that comes in and kind of runs the table a little bit, but It'll balance itself out. Um, they're going to go up against the two and the three seed. They they went up against the the Sabers, and that's the uh, that was the wild card team that they had to face in their division. So, uh, I think you know either St. Louis or or the Wild could take them seven games. So, I, I think I think it yeah. kind of works itself out in the long run. We just need the Bruins to kind of keep their shit together and and actually, you know. Do something this game. They need to break that cycle of uh, of road games. I'll be watching, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and uh, I I should be on the road in the great uh, Northeast, up in Burlington, probably drinking something hoppy. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think I think the game game seven. I, there's there's myth and there's lore around it, right? Only in New England that I've seen thus far in my life, and and I'm biased. Do like game sevens really bring bring out something in a team? It, it just seems to like everyone everyone floods the stadium. Everyone is like putting that sort of spirit energy out there. I know it sounds lame to say, but like for some fucking reason, New England teams love game sixes and sevens. They don't they don't want to do the the work needed to just win the series in four. <laughs> they always want to just kick the can down the road a little bit and then put their best assignment. You know, a couple weeks down the road, they don't. They don't want to do it. Yes, you got to capitalize. Got to capitalize on those. Uh, you got to capitalize on those playoff dollars, man. Now let me put on my, you know, Tim Spiracy tinfoil hat here, right? And what, whatever what it is, no. There? Whatever it is, no. Are, uh, oh, okay. So there's there's, just, there's no influencers in the, in the in the garden. None, none at all. We're not we're not paying people to be there to make you know hockey fetch. No, I don't think so. Because did you say fetch? Like yeah. cl- like clueless. That's so fetch. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm like Mean Girls because Tim, uh, is, Tuesdays, is it Mean we Girls? Podcast. Is it yes, Mean Girls? One of the, one of the one of the greatest one of the greatest movies ever. 
All right, I think it's time to end the uh, okay. podcast yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna give you a second. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself real quick. Yeah, I I recant my statement there um, about Mean Girls, but um, not about the not about the not, not about the Bruins. Question for you, Tim: Do you think Scarface is a top 100 film of all time? Um, depends on what we're using as a benchmark. Are we talking about like cultural? How is it depends? It's either a yes or a no. Either it's hundred, not hundred, or not a hundred. Yeah, I'll put it in the top hundred. Why not? Okay. Here, here's here's a weird little thing about me. Work. I hate. I, no, I take that back. I don't hate. I don't have the same nostalgic feel for the older movies, like. And this this translates to all aspects of film, uh, comedies. Like I've never seen Revenge of the Nerds. I've never seen a lot of those. Like yeah, me either. A lot of those like college uh, movies that a lot of fraternities, uh, you know, love to watch. You've seen Van Wilder. Well, yeah, that's not an old movie. That's uh, that's not an old school movie, right? But yes, Question I've seen for you. Did you know that yeah. Van Wilder was written about you in in college? Oh no, I didn't. But I believe it. Next, next, next question. <laughs> um, are you going to see Top Gun Maverick when it comes out? No, because it's no. a Navy movie, or be- oh, it's Tom Cruise. What? What? Tell me. Tell no, me the reason. Just, there, there are just some movies. That, like, the nostalgia piano should not play for every movie, right? Like the Jurassic Park reboots, I'm cool with. And I know we're, we're tangenting here as we're closing this episode of Samara Podcast. It's fine. Listen, the, the Jurassic Park movie remakes, cool. Star Wars movie remakes, not cool. There's been talk they about remaking remakes. Scarface, not cool. They were cool. remakes. They were extensions of the oh, Star Wars expansion. universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The, the, uh, there's, a, there's a fucking video game made by Lego that came out and addressed it all. It's called the Skywalker Saga because the whole movie from the first one back in the 80s so the one that came out last year all addressed the story arc for the Skywalker 70s. family. 70s. 77, I think was the first one, right? Yeah. Anyway, the whole thing covers the Anyways. arc of uh, the growth and, and fall off of uh, the Skywalker saga. Great game. Interesting. I play with, I play uh, with my you... six-year-olds. It's great. There you go. Yeah, the Lego Star Wars games are pretty cool. Alexa, um, never played them. Wink. That t- t- uh, the Jumanji going... films? Okay. Never saw them. I haven't seen those yet. Uh, the original is the is the best and it, and it shall never change. Right? The new ones are funny, but they're not they're not better. So no, you don't re- you don't need to remake every single one of these films. You it's not a remake. Don't. It's an actual sequel that was supposed to be made a long time ago. Uh and then you had the uh unfortunate passing of who was it? Ridley Scott that did the first one? One of the Scott brothers did the first one, and it was no longer uh, around. So they waited, and they waited, and they waited until the script was accurate. And I have uh, heard from reliable sources <laughs> that this is, uh, this is a very good sequel. So people who have actually screened the movie so far and seen the movie firsthand. Interesting. What's what's actually interesting this, this is, is I told gun. the story. Yeah, yeah. I told the story, uh, mm-hmm. but like the was it Miles Teller's in it? Uh, Glenn mm-hmm. Powell, who I told you guys the story about meeting him uh, last summer. I'm pretty sure. Yep. 
uh, his life is about to change, and I don't know if he'll be hanging around Agunquit, Maine, next summer, just in the same capacity. No, he'll be too busy, you know. He'll be too busy getting filmed playing, you know, volleyball on the beach somewhere. So that's all that's going to happen in Top Gun. Oh my God! Uh, first of all, I hate you for garbage for doing that. All right, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Tom Cruise paid for it on his birthday. He gave him uh, his pilot's license so he can actually because they all had to learn to maneuver and fly planes because they he refused to do CGI. In fact, there's a story that yeah, just came out that everyone is uh, Tom Cruise can fly. Yeah, yeah. In real life, yeah, he has, he does all of his own stunts. Yeah, and like he, it's crazy like that. He put all of them through like actual flight school where i don't know if they ever actually had to fly the jets but they learned to fly first the cessna and then whatever step up above that would be and then they had to not only fl- uh be able to endure actual combat flight in the plane but because there wasn't enough room for a crew and them and a pilot they had to also learn how to control the cameras so every one of those actors is setting up the shots and the cameras for those scenes while also having to act in the plane and be subjected to all of the shit that goes on that plane. It's really impressive. I watched a little like a uh, featurette on it, it be. because I am but very, I, sh- I shan't be watching it. You, you will watch it. You're a fucking liar. And I know you'll watch it and I know you're going to like it. And you're not going to tell me whether you liked it or not. You won't admit it, but I have Take it to the grave, Tim. I'm taking it to the grave. I've heard I've the early reviews are already coming out. Metacritic has it in like an as a eighty one so far. Which is Metacritic. Yeah, uh Metacritic a is a better resource than it's what? It's weak? It's a B. And eighty one is a B. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. giving a it an F. Weak. A B you're is giving weak it... for a sequel? Yeah. You're right, giving let's... it a sliding scale. You're treating you're treating a sliding scale. Reviews. It's not my scale. It's literally someone gave it an eighty one. Do you want other yeah, movies that had an eighty one? Do you want do you want other movies that had oh, an eighty one? Here we go. Let's look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh movies. By the way, Lightning Lightning won the game four three. So the series is tied. Okay. Three apiece. They're going to game seven. Let's see. Not I'm, good. Not I'm good because sc- of Maple Leafs. Not good at all. I'm scrolling down to the 80s, and we're going to take a look at this, and we're going to, and this is where we're going to end it. But I'm going to look in the 80s, and we're going to see what what 80 level rankings we're about to poo poo here. Uh, <clears throat> thoughts on Lord of the Rings? Which one? Uh, too quick. There's like six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What now? That's going to buy it too quick. No Country for Old Men? Uh, no. No Country for Old Men is definitely more than an 81. A 90. No Country for Old Men? So, so it's an A-. minus. <laughs> or actually, I take that back, in Maine, in Maine's uh, grading skill, that's actually a, a B+. Plus. <laughs> a B+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's, it's not a B. It's oh, a B+, plus, so it's better. One, better than Top Gun 2. I want to get into the 80s. Okay. Yeah. A lot of fucking movies that are out. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies I don't even... I've never even seen before. Like, have you ever even heard of Two Days, One Night? <laughs> no. Uh, where would you put It's a Wonderful Life? That's in the 80s. I've never seen it. What? 
about aliens. Yeah, shout out to my dad. The first alien movie. Oh, the, the original one? Ridley Scott? Oh, yeah. It's definitely higher than an 81. Come on. You, you see the Xenomorph Raging, for the first time? You shit in your pants. Raging Bull? Never seen it. But it's got Pacino, so it's got to be better than an 81. Come on now. Dude, not, not Pacino, De Niro. These are all these are all movies that are are B rating movies. They're all in the eighties. Whiplash. Not seen it. You haven't seen Whiplash? What? I'm yeah, I'm having know. doubts. The original Lion King. Definitely not an eighty one. Definitely not an eighty one. That's what I'm Definitely saying. Definitely not an eighty one. Uh, The Little Mermaid. 81. <laughs> uh, garbage? 81? This is like, this is like when I give a beer a, a 3 9 and Sam's like, oh my God. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. You, you're, you're doing a sliding that scale to save these, these films. Season four? Or Citizen Four? Sorry. Nope. Thumb and Louise? Ooh, the father. That's supposed to be a really good one. That's an eighty-eight. Nope, not not seen it. Inside job. Sounds familiar, but the king's speech. Nope. I guess did not see it. Read a lot of reviews. Sounds like it would be better than an eighty-one. Hell or high water. Also, uh, I have not seen up. Oh, not an eighty-one. Are you kidding me? I cried my fucking eyes out watching, watching you know, spoiler, watching that dude's montage where his wife dies and he's like, he's in the home by himself. That shit was terrifying. Yeah. Whatever this trend is of like, hey, let's just emotionally scar children to make a statement for parents to, to connect with this film yeah. is a great oh, assa thing, yeah. assassins. Uh, anyway, you get, you get my point. Uh, it is in good company where it's at. So... You once upon a time in Hollywood is an eighty three. That was a that. phenomenal it was movie. Good, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't great. Nah, it was good. It was good, not great. What is the? Uh... If you're telling me Top Gun Two is an eighty one, and Welcome to Hollywood, or sorry, what? What did you just say? Whatever the high, the, the last uh, film they had uh, Leo and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in it. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an 83, then yeah. I'm not going to go see Top Gun 2. Why? Because I didn't even watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters. I watched that on demand. And I halfway through, I was like, nah, I don't know. I might I might tap out. I might I might not finish this film. All right. So, so this guy here, who just poo-pooed on the, the newest Star Wars films, what are your thoughts on Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back? One... 100, Bob. 100. That got an 82. Perfect. Perfect film. That's an 82. Fucking losers. Absolute the fucking The losers. Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas, 82. The School of Rock, 82. Uh, that's the new what? Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, your scale... Nightmare Before Christmas, 99. Your scale is what's broken, not the rating system that they're using here. Your scale is what's broken. Harry Potter and the Doubtful. Prisoner of Azkaban, 82. Not really a big Harry Potter fan, to be honest. But uh, I would, I would say, I would say eighty two is probably about right. Uh, Pullman, that's funny. That's on. All right, 
Uh, anyway, uh, Steve Jobs. I haven't seen that one actually. No. Three, Three Kings. You see that one? Three Kings. Yes, that is a great movie. Have you seen Three Kings? I'm not. Eighty two. You've not seen Three. Uh, okay, Three Kings is not an eighty two. Shout out to Howard Smith who who showed me this this movie many many times. Three Kings is not an eighty two. Three Kings is like at least an eighty six. At Days, least. Days of Glory, eighty two. The Five Bloods, which got a lot of praise, eighty two. Mm-hmm. Nah, shouldn't be an eighty two. Should definitely be like an eighty five or an eighty six. I'm just saying. I think it's your scale that's broken, and an eighty one puts that puts the new Top Gun movie right in the wheelhouse of those same movies. So here you are shitting if on I, it for being eighty one. If I had to choose a movie between two to watch for the rest of my life, between Lion King and Top Gun Two, I'm watching Lion King. Straight Captain on. Captain Phillips. Definitely in 80, 81. <laughs> Def, definitely in eighty one. <laughs> Def, <laughs> definitely, de- de- definitely, definitely, definitely. Definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. Foxcatcher. Maybe even a seventy nine. You know. Do you, you see Foxcatcher? No. This is this is the last list I'm going down. Then we're gonna end the episode because now we're just going off on a tangent here. But I just want you guys to know uh, what I'm working what with about, here. What about Sass the Matter? Sass the Matter, eighty one, eighty two. Uh, oh, I, hold on, a hundred point one. I've never even seen a rating like that before. <laughs> <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. What would you give that? Uh, you've never you've never seen any liar. That's probably like in no, I have not seen it. Hot Fuzz. What about the original It? How about Hot Jang- Fuzz? Hot Fuzz is not an 82. Not an 82. Hot Fuzz is like a 90. It's an 81, Bob. It's an 81, Bob. That is bullshit. That list is bullshit. Hey, how about Django Unchanged? Uh, <laughs> Django Unchained. Um, 87, Bob. 87. An 81. Us? Also an 81. The Big Short? Also an 81. Us? Us? Is it 81? Us? The Big Short, 81. Oh, I, Moana, 81. Yeah. Oh. We, we we got we got someone who needs to who needs to, the, who needs to get their 3.75 scale thrown the fuck out. So this is a collection, an average of all of the ratings across the internet. And all the systems. That's what Metacritic is. So up uh, the hunt for the hunt for wilder people, 81. That was a great film. Everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's everyone has loved that movie. That one just came out. That's an eighty-one. Harry Potter: The Goblet of Fire is an eighty-one. Helen back again. That's an eighty-one. Uh, Hairspray, The Blair Witch Project, King Kong, the two thousand five version, Chicago. I'm telling you, man, uh, eighty-one is a solid, solid score. So I am very. Very excited to see this movie, and Sam's gonna watch it, whether he admits to it or not. So, I digress. I just, I just I listed, won't be watching it. I just listed a bunch of movies that were uh, stellar films that all had an eighty-one. So, that means that means the rating system is broke here in America. That means uh, that means that that means someone should have won the popular vote, not the electoral college vote with these with these, <laughs> with these films. This is bullshit. All right. Well, anyway, we just went off on like a 20 minute tangent, but hey, you got a little peek as to the shitty taste my podcast uh, co-host has. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll be seeing Top Gun. 
look forward to uh hearing my review of that sure mm. yes Th like you won't be biased did you see dr all Strange? right thanks for joining hold on hold on did you see dr Strange? No, not yet. okay i didn't either all right no. <laughs> all right everybody sorry <laughs> no for the spoilers. long absence uh it's great to be back alive and healthy and well talk to you soon peace <laughs> Let's just be real that the, the, the Little Mermaid is an 81, but uh, some of those other movies are not an 81.